Hello and welcome to Voices of Bluescope, the podcast where we go behind the scenes of Bluescope to meet the people who create strength every day. I'm your host, Martin Feld. Thank you for listening. Over the course of this podcast series, we have featured a range of stories from our diverse people around the world. This month, we're featuring some consecutive episodes with one-on-one interviews on the specific topic of migration. In each instalment, you'll hear a conversation with a Bluescope person who has moved to Australia, learning where they've come from, what it was like to relocate to a new country, and what has motivated and challenged them over time, along with the different ways of thinking that they've brought to work. In this episode, you'll hear from Hamid Fard Agai, Senior Electrical Engineer and Team Leader in Coke Making at the Port Kembla Steelworks. He shares the story of how he and his family took the plunge in moving to Australia in search of a more balanced lifestyle and time together. I always loved to work for Bluesco because it's a very big organization, but never happened till 2020 that a friend of mine said he has saw an advertise for electrical engineer and then I jumped on website and applied. <laughs> Simple as that. So you mentioned just then that it was a large organization and that's what appealed to you. Yeah. What did you know about the company more specifically or what was it about engineering at Blue Scope that you found particularly appealing? I used to work for oil and gas industry and they are quite organized and engineering is very sophisticated, very advanced in that industry. But for, because in Australia, there was not much of work for oil and gas. So I joined cable manufacturing and I didn't like it, to be honest. And I wanted to go back to big organizations because I knew uh, in those type of organizations like Bluescope, engineering matters a lot. And I read about Bluescope and BHP and the whole history. So it was very interesting. I liked it. That's great to hear. And in terms of your engineering background, can you tell me some more about that? Where you started, Mm. how you learnt the ropes of your discipline and what brought you to Australia maybe? Okay. Uh, Years ago, when I finished technical high school in electrical and electronic diploma, I went to college two years, two and a half years college to become a technician. So when I finished my associate degree in Iran, the place that I'm from, so I joined a number of companies. The one that I was working for first was a petrochemical company. So I had good mentors over there and I started learning as a technician and as someone on shop floor doing things by my hand. And then after a while, I decided to continue and get my degree. So I went back to uni, studied, and when I graduated in 2000, the same company started another business, which was pipe coating for oil and gas. So I joined that company, same company, a new business, and we built uh, factories. 
And I again had good mentors over there. And now as an engineer, I started learning. So because that that plants, those plants were uh, very far from my home, capital in Tehran, 250 kilometers away, it was impossible to commute every day, right? So we were living in the plant. We had buildings for living in the plant. Um, I did that for 11 years, and I didn't see my daughter growing up. I was seeing her only at weekends. My wife and my daughter were living in capital. It was a very tough life that way, but nowhere else would pay me that much, and I needed to <laughs> that money. So I was kind of stuck. One day, my wife and I decided enough is enough. I have to quit after 11 years. And I believe things happen, good things happen if you want them, really want them from your heart. So when I quit and I didn't know what I'm going to do, I just knew that I have to quit to start a new life. A friend called me and said, from my brother in Australia, I heard that a company called Bredrushaw, they're hiring an electrical engineer. Do you want me to get the email address for you? Yeah. And I knew the company. They were in the same business, pipe coating industry. He sent me the email address. I sent application anyway. They invited us, my family and I, to come here for a visit, for a face-to-face interview. And they offered me the job in 2010. So October 19, October 2010, we landed in Sydney airport. And we stayed here with the job that I got. (laughs) Unfortunately, that business that Bredrushaw, pipe coating industry, stopped in Australia. They closed down the plant. And I worked for them for the same company in Indonesia, Malaysia, a bit, and Azerbaijan. I worked for them as part of global engineering team, which that was, again, another university for me. I learned a lot around the world. Then eventually came back to Australia, uh, back home, and I had this uh, job in cable manufacturing till I found a job in Bluescope. Finally, I could come into Bluescope 10 minutes from home, not one hour drive. I was driving back and forth to Liverpool 800 kilometers a week. That was too much for five years in cable manufacturing. So I'm glad that I'm here, 10 minutes from home, the best company I've ever worked for, and I love the organization. Because everything is organized. Everything has a procedure. Everything has some definition here. It's Nothing is in there. <laughs> that is an amazing story. And thank you for sharing such personal elements. I really appreciate that. You're welcome. I was really intrigued when you described that moment of landing in Sydney Mm. after all of this hard work, this persistence to make it happen. What can you tell me about how you felt that day? What was it like to actually land in Sydney and know that you were moving to a different country? First few days were no good. (laughs) Mm -hmm. A smell of everything was different. Mm. 
we didn't like the food. We didn't like the smell of food. It was very difficult to adapt, especially in that October. It was quite cold and rainy and gloomy, and it was not a pleasant time of the year as well. (laughs) (laughs) It was a culture shock, an environmental shock. It was not easy to adapt at the beginning. But fortunately, the people around me were very welcoming, very friendly, and not all of them, but most of them. And that helped a lot. I I said that because the first day that I went to the plant, the second day that they took me to the plant to introduce me to people, my boss, the operation manager, introduced me to an electrical technician that they had at the time. And he didn't even look at me. He just looked at the boss and says, I told you we don't need engineers here. And he left. I said, this is the guy that I need to work with? Wow. <laughs> he says, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> that's that's not what you expect. That's rough. No, that was, the, <laughs> that was not the best welcoming <laughs> from someone that you have to work directly with. And yeah, it was a bit difficult, but we were uh, positive and we knew that eventually we can manage, we can adapt ourselves. So we did it finally, yes. And how does it feel these days after that, well, rough start, as you said, Mm -hmm. does it feel like two homes or do you have nostalgia for things here? How do you balance feelings of belonging to two places? No, actually, uh, this is home. Mm. I, uh, it's not like that I feel I belong to two places. I like my country, uh, Iran. I was born over there, but I don't have much attachment to it, especially after my parents passed away and friends got scattered and all of that. So we are grown up. I'm almost 56 and my attachment is to my my family, my wife, my daughter, my work. So Australia, especially Wollongong, is the home. <laughs> that's beautiful. As a fellow Wollongong person, yeah, I understand. So that's that's beautiful. Now, in terms of that feeling of belonging, you've mentioned family. When it comes to work, you've said very explicitly and with a glowing review that you really wanted to work at Bluescope and you finally made it happen. Yep. What have been some of the key experiences that you've had at Bluescope since you've joined? What have you discovered about working here and what's been important to you? Well, the first thing that I can mention is even onboarding a person, a new person, has a procedure. Bluescope has even procedure for that. So the team leader that um, hired me, she was exactly following the procedure and that was very comfortable coming on board and getting up to speed. Another thing that it was very interesting is everything has its own way. People hear people say coke making way. So it's kind of a standard. Coke making way of doing things is a way of standard doing things, even in electrical engineering. Another good experience was I was challenged, and this is what I like. 
my team leader kind of throw me under the bus, says, this is your project, get it done. And that was good. That was very helpful by, because it helped me dig deep and ask questions, make the network and understand who is who, what is what. Well, every challenge has uh, its difficulties and I don't mind it. It's part of the job. And I found it very useful that there are very knowledgeable people here in the Blue Scope that you can ask your questions. You're not alone. If you don't know something, just pick up the phone and you will find the answer in half an hour. That's one of the beauties of the Blue Scope. It's, it has all the expertise in it. <laughs> and Coke making, particularly for those who maybe aren't aware of what that means, can you give at least your definition of Coke making and what you find interesting about that area within the integrated facility? So to make a steel, you need to separate oxygen from iron ore. And to do that, you have to cook iron ore with carbon. And to, to have that carbon, you need to purify coal, which is called coke. The result of purifying coal is coke. To, the, to do that, to purify coal, you have to heat the coal in a sealed airtight oven, not to burn it, but heat it up to purify it. Up to 1100 degrees, we uh, increase the temperature of the coal uh, for 18 hours, and that purifies the coal and gives us coke. That is called coke making. Another interesting thing about coke making and whole business is we are not wasting anything. During that 18 hours of cooking coal, we are generating coke oven gas. That gas goes to blast furnace. They burn it as a fuel. And then when they are cooking iron ore, blast furnace generates a gas. We call it blast furnace gas. We use it as fuel in coke making. So we are not wasting anything. That's beautiful. So you feel a certain pride that what you're doing goes back into the process or can be used. Exactly. You're not losing anything. And not only that, um, gas coming out of the ovens has uh, other byproducts like naphthalene, uh, benzene, xylene, sulfur, which is used as, as a fertilizer. So we use all of that as byproduct and sell them, which is perfect. What I've gathered from you is that working at Blue Scope, you've had enough autonomy to learn things, to undertake your own projects, explore new areas. In terms of exploring new things, what do you see on your horizon or what are some things that you're still learning or would like to learn since having joined the company? Well, first, when I joined three years ago and I was challenged with uh, a big project uh, for putting variable speed drive on 1.8 megawatt motor, something that I haven't done in the past at all. It's a big motor, 1.8 megawatt. So I learned a lot on that. And I learned a lot in mechanical part of fan that I didn't know before. 
And then I'm using that, what I learned in other projects, similar projects. Then I was uh, promoted to team leader position. I had a bit of, uh, not a bit of uh, years of uh, experience in, in management past in Iran uh, when I was working for the oil and gas. But it was different to leading a team here. So I'm learning this role now, leading a team. And I'm enjoying this by helping engineers of my team with their thinking. And Bluescope is actually good at this part as well. We had this leaders essential training. I was part of that. And a couple of days ago, we had this graduation ceremony, which was good. <laughs> so again, I am, I'm growing and learning and developing myself in this field team leader field. That's fantastic. So you've had a lot of opportunities to learn along the way. That's right. I suppose my final question, at least about your working experience at Blue Scope, you've had lots of opportunities to learn, but no doubt you've brought things from where you came from, from your original home to Australia, to Blue Scope. What is a particular contribution or suggestion at work that you've made that you're particularly proud of? Is there some way that maybe you've thought differently or been able to contribute at work? It's not new. It's not something that I brought it here only. You know, I think everyone is aware of it, but something that I challenged people when I joined here was thinking uh, all the school. We want to change. We want to grow up doing things because we have done it that way for so many years doesn't make it right. This is something that you hear every day from people that have worked here for 30, 40 years, but that needs to change. And I'm very good at that to challenge them in this regard. Now, have done it this that way for many years doesn't make it right or wrong. You have to have a better reason when you're asking me to do something. So let's think about it. Let's refresh our minds and make sure we are doing the right thing. I don't want to reinvent the wheel, but at least we have to be mindful of what we are doing. We have to review it every so often. So it's not like this is the way and that's it. No, I didn't agree to this one. So is it fair to say that it's not one thing, it's really an attitude at work. It's an approach that uses critical thinking. You want to look at everything critically. That's right. We as engineers are normally like this, but when people stay in one place for a long time, they get used to the norm. And that's unconsciously becomes a habit to do things based on the habit, not based on the thinking. Maybe because I, I worked uh, in different places, different countries, I was challenged with different environments, different projects. I developed this mindset that every time that I need to decide, I have to think. There is no pattern. That is a fantastic message for everyone listening because it can be very easy to get comfortable in just about any role. That's right. Yeah. You shouldn't get too much comfortable. Is there something, Hamid, that I haven't asked you about or that you would like to mention 
from your story on this podcast episode? I mentioned at the beginning that think good things will happen if you really want them, right? I want to emphasize on that. If you want to make a change in your life, you have to do something. You have to jump from your comfort zone. This is what I've done. After 11 years of stuck in that job, finally I jumped, quit without knowing what I'm going to do. But I knew staying over there was wrong. So just do it. That's all. I think that's a perfect note to end on for this episode, Hamid. Thank you so much for your time. It's been great to have you on this episode. Thank you for having me. Thank you. We thank Hamid for sharing his personal story and hope that you enjoyed what he had to say as well. Make sure to check the links and show notes for more information about what you just heard. And to discover more of our people and their stories, visit bluescope.com, Bluescope on LinkedIn, and TV Bluescope on YouTube. Thank you for listening to Voices of Bluescope. Until next time.